السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي ربنا زدنا علما باب المسح على الخفين wiping over the خف what is خف خف is basically anything that is worn over the feet that is made from leather. Okay? Khuf in particular is made from what material? Leather. It could be in the form of leather socks. It could be in the form of leather shoes. It could be leather slippers. Okay, whatever you want to call it. But what's the condition that it's made of? Leather. And when it comes to Cotton socks or socks made from some other material that is known as jawrab. Now wiping over leather socks, that is something that is proven from the sunnah. But wiping over jawrab, that is also proven from the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. We learned that Al-Mughira bin Shu'bah, he said the Prophet ﷺ did wudu and he wiped over his jawrab and his shoes. This is narrated in Tirmidhi and it's a sahih hadith. So we see that wiping over cotton socks or socks made of other material is also a sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. In Al-Qamus, a dictionary, it has been mentioned that jawrab means something that is wrapped around the feet. It has been said that jawrab is a thin cover for the feet that is made of wool and that is worn to keep the feet warm. Because some argued that, you know, khuf, you need to wear them for the protection of your feet. But we see that protection of the feet is not just from, you know, sharp material or rocks and all of that, but it is also in order to keep the feet warm. And living in this side of the world, sometimes it is essential to wear socks. And it's not possible to remove socks all the time in order to do wudu. So, wiping over cotton socks, this is also masnoon. This is also proven from the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. Ibn Umar anhu. He said that wiping over the socks is like wiping over the leather slippers. Meaning wiping over jawrab is just like wiping over khufain. And this is mentioned in Musannaf ibn Abi Shayba. Ibn Hazm, he said that wiping over anything that is worn on the feet of things that are permitted to be worn and which come up above the ankles. What's the condition? That they must come up above the ankles. So your ankle socks... You can't do masr over them. They must come up above the ankles. That's the condition. So this is sunnah. He said that whether they are slippers, khufain, made of leather, or they are made of wood, or they are socks made of linen, wool, cotton, camel hair, goat hair, you call it, whatever material it is, as long as the material itself is tayyib, it is pure, then it is permissible to do masr over them. And we see that wiping over the socks, 70 plus companions are reported to have narrated this particular action. 70 plus companions. So what does it mean? That this is a mutawatir narration. Mutawatir. It has been said, مِمَّا تَوَاتَرَ حَدِيثُ مَنْ كَذَبْ وَمَنْ بَنَى لِلَّهِ بَيْتًا وَاحْتَسَبْ وَرُؤْيَةٌ شَفَاعَةٌ وَالْحَوْضُ وَمَسْحُ خُفَّيْنِ وَهَذِي بَعْضُ Meaning that of the tawatir, Hadith, the mutawatir ones are which ones? The hadith of man kadab. Man kadab alayya muta'amidan min al This hadith has been narrated numerous times, many, many narrations. 
Likewise, of the ahadith that are tawatir are which ones? This one. The wiping over the socks. And we see that wiping over the socks, this is mentioned in the Qur'an and also mentioned in the sunnah. In the Qur'an it's mentioned indirectly. In the verse, وَمْسَحُوا بِرُؤُوسِكُمْ وَأَرْجُلَكُمْ إِلَى الْكَعْبَيْنِ There are two qira'at, right? وَمْسَحُوا بِرُؤُوسِكُمْ وَأَرْجُلَ has also been read as أَرْجُلِكُمْ So if you read it as أَرْجُلِكُمْ then it means wipe over your heads and also wipe over your feet. But we see that the sunnah, that specifies that in what conditions can you wipe and in what conditions should you wash. When is it that we can wipe over the feet? When we are wearing socks okay, or shoes. As long as other conditions are also met, inshallah we will discuss those conditions. And when is it that you have to wash? When you're not wearing anything on your feet, so then you have to wash. So we see that this matter is mentioned in the Qur'an, it's also proven in the sunnah, so therefore it is a completely correct, completely valid act. So when a person is wiping over his socks, then he should not feel that he is doing something that is of less importance or not correct or not as good. It is completely valid, it's completely correct. Because the reason behind wiping the feet right, over the socks, over the leather slippers, what's the reason? To save a person from mashaqqa, from difficulty. And we see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He likes that the concessions are taken. A hadith tells us that Allah loves concessions to be taken just as He hates sins to be committed. So just as Allah does not like sins to be committed, likewise Allah likes that the concessions that He has given, that people make use of them. So wiping over the socks, over leather slippers, this is a concession, and it's completely permissible to do that. So what's the evidence of this? حدثنا أصبغ بن الفرج المصري عن ابن وهب قال حدثني عمر حدثني أبو النضر عن أبي سلمة بن عبد الرحمن عن عبد الله بن عمر عن سعد بن أبي وقاص عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أنه مسح على الخفين وأن عبد الله بن عمر سأل عمر عن ذلك فقال نعم إذا حدثك شيئا سعد عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فلا تسأل عنه غيره وقال موسى بن عقبة أخبرني أبو النضر أن أبا سلمة أخبره أن سعدا حدثه فقال عمر لعبد الله نحوه So we see here that Abdullah ibn Umar okay, He said عن سعد بن أبي وقاص so he narrated from Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم مسح على الخفين So Ibn Umar رضي الله عنه, a younger companion he learned from Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he wiped over his socks and that Abdullah ibn Umar سأل Umar he asked Umar رضي الله عنه عن ذلك about that he confirmed from his father that did Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas say the right thing? So he heard from Sa'ad that the Prophet ﷺ wiped over his socks and he confirmed from his father Umar that did the Prophet ﷺ do that? So فَقَالَ So Umar ﷺ, he replied, نَعَمْ Yes, that yes, it was a sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ to wipe over his socks. And he advised Ibn Umar that إِذَا حَدَّثَكَ شَيْئًا سَعْدٌ That when Sa'ad, he tells you about something, عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم about the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم then فلا تسأل عنه غيره then don't ask about it from someone else meaning don't go on to others confirming from them whether it is something correct or not وقال موسى بن عقبة أخبرني أبو النضر أن أبا سلم أخبره أن سعدا أحدثه فقال عمر لعبد الله نحوه 
Meaning a similar narration is also found. So we see here that the companions, they were very well aware of this practice of the Prophet ﷺ that he used to wipe over his socks. It was a well-known practice. And we also learn another important point that when it comes to religious matters, when it comes to religious matters, whether it is a matter of aqidah or it is a matter of like the beginning of the time of something, for example, the month has begun, the moon has been sighted, then in that case, khabar wahid will be accepted. What does it mean by khabar wahid? That one person is informing of it, so you will accept it. Okay, As long as a person is reliable. So for example, one person says that he saw the moon. Then will you accept it? Yes, you will. Likewise, one person, reliable person, one companion is narrating a hadith. Will you accept it? Yes. Even if he's the only companion who narrated it? Yes. Because he is a trustworthy person. He is a reliable person. In the Quran, Allah tells us that if a fasiq comes to you, binaba'in, then fatabayyanu. If a sinful person comes to you with a report, one person, then you clarify. You ascertain before taking action. Why? Because that source is not trustworthy. But if there is a trustworthy person, then the narration of one person is also enough. And this is what Umar advised his son with. Like at the change of Qibla Tahwil al-Qibla, when a companion, he came to a group of people who were praying and he said to them that I prayed with the Prophet ﷺ facing the Kaaba. So they all changed in the prayer, accepting one report. They didn't say, no, we have to investigate more and more. We have to confirm from other people. No. The testimony of one person will be sufficient. That trust other believers. Trust them. Unfortunately, these days, we don't trust one another. We don't trust the scholars. We don't trust anyone. Right? If a scholar has said something, we say, what's their evidence? Why are they saying this? What proof do they have? Yes, definitely you should know about the proof. But trust them as well. Especially if they have a reputation. If they are reputable, then accept them. You may differ from them, you may not fully understand, but don't go on defaming them, saying negative, spreading negative things about them. And the thing is that the more you ask and investigate, sometimes that puts you in more confusion, right? creates more problems for you. We learned that the way of the companions was that when they saw the Prophet ﷺ doing something, they followed immediately. Once the Prophet ﷺ was praying salah, he was leading the people in prayer, and in his prayer he removed his shoes and placed them on his left side. And the companions in the prayer, when they saw him doing that, they also removed their shoes and put them on their left side. So after the prayer, the Prophet ﷺ asked, that, why did you do that? They said, we saw you doing it, this is why we did it. And he said, Jibreel came and told me that my shoes had some impurity on them, this is why I removed my shoes, you didn't have to. But for them, why is it that they... Did it because they saw the Prophet ﷺ doing that. That was sufficient. So likewise, we also have to accept khabar wahid when it comes to religious matters. حدثنا عمر بن خالد الحراني قال حدثنا ليس عن يحيى بن سعيد عن سعد بن إبراهيم عن نافع بن جبير عن عروة بن المغيرة عن أبيه المغيرة بن شعبة. So Urwa bin Mughira, he narrated from his father Mughira ibn Shu'bah عن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم from the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم that أنه, that indeed he خرج لحاجته He went out for his need, meaning to answer the call of nature, to use the washroom فاتبعه المغيرة 
So Mughira radiallahu anhu, he followed him بِإِدَاوَةٍ with a container فِيهَا مَاءٌ In it was water. The Prophet ﷺ went out to use the washroom and Mughira radiallahu anhu, he followed after with a container of water. فَصَبَّ عَلَيْهِ Then he poured on him حِينَ فَرَغَ مِنْ حَاجَتِهِ When he was done using the washroom, then he poured water on him so that he could wash his hands. فَتَوَضَّأَ Then the Prophet ﷺ performed wudu وَمَسَحَ And he wiped عَلَى الْخُفَّيْنِ Over his socks. So we see that the Prophet ﷺ, he wiped over his socks not to refresh wudu, but to perform wudu. Because using the toilet, that breaks your wudu. So that means he had to perform wudu. And in that, he wiped over his socks. So this does not mean that wiping over the socks is only valid when you already have wudu. No. Wiping over the socks is valid. It is permissible. When you have broken wudu, as long as the socks were worn when you had wudu, when you were in the state of tahara. Then we also see in this hadith that, فَتَوَضَّعَ وَمَسَحَ عَلَى الْخُفَّيْنِ The wording, وَمَسَحَ عَلَى الْخُفَّيْنِ That he wiped over his socks, this wording indicates that he wiped over them together. Not that he wiped the right foot first with the right hand, and then he wiped his left foot with the right hand. No. What we understand from this wording is that he wiped both the feet together. That the right foot with the right hand and the left foot with the left hand. Now this is a sunnah, this is ideal. But for that you have to bend down. okay, Or you have to be in a sitting position so that you can reach both your feet at the same time. Because you can't lift both your feet together. Okay? That you'll have to do only one by one. So it's best. But if that's not possible... That if you're not that fit, that your hands don't reach up to your feet together at the same time, sometimes it happens that when we're sitting for too long, we're not walking enough, we're not stretching enough. And as you bend down, you realize that reaching your feet is too difficult. So if that's not possible, then you wipe one by one. But the sunnah is wiping both of them together. Right foot with right hand and left foot with left hand. حدثنا أبو نعيم قال حدثنا شيبان عن يحيى عن أبي سلمة عن جعفر بن عمرو بن أمية الضمريكي أن أباه أخبره أنه that his father informed him that رأى النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم that he saw the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم يمسح على الخفين he saw him wiping over his socks وتابعه حرب بن شداد وأبان عن يحيى so this is a well-known practice of the Prophet ﷺ, so it's a completely valid act. حدثنا عبدان قال أخبرنا عبد الله قال أخبرنا الأوزاعي عن يحيى عن أبي سلمة عن جعفر بن عمر عن أبيه قال he said رأيت النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم he said that I saw the Prophet ﷺ يمسح that he was wiping على عمامته وخفيه he saw the Prophet ﷺ wiping over his turban and also his leather socks. وَتَابَعُهُ مَعْمَرٌ عَنْ يَحْيَى عَنْ أَبِي سَلَمَةٌ عَنْ عَمْرٍ قَالَ رَأَيْتُ نَبِيَ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَمَ So we see that wiping, مَسْحْ is over the feet and also over the turban. It is over the feet as in over socks or leather shoes, leather slippers, and it's also over the turban. Does this mean that if you're wearing really tight sleeves, 
You can't roll up your sleeves because they're, they're way too tight. So you can wipe over your arms. You cannot wipe over your arms. You can only wipe over socks and over the turban. Why? Because of the ayah of the Qur'an, wiping is only mentioned for the head and the feet. What's the reason? What's the wisdom behind the permission to wipe over what is worn over the feet and what is worn over the head and not being allowed to wipe over what is worn over the arms? Mashakka, difficulty. Right? Difficulty. Because a person will wear something on the feet or on the head out of dire need. For example, you will wear socks when you are cold or when you have to protect your feet. You will wear something on your head. For example, you're wearing a winter scarf, okay? Or a big hat, a winter hat that is covering your head, your ears, your neck. You know, you wrapped stuff around your head and neck. Or, for instance, people wear the turban because of the heat or not just because of the heat, but it's part of their dress. So it's out of a need. It's not out of fashion, merely. So when we wear tight sleeves, many times that's just, you know, because the sleeves are tight and we can't roll them up. So it's not really a darura. But we see that covering the head and covering the feet, that is a darura. And this is why wiping over what is worn over them is permissible. Now the question is, what is imama? Imama is that which is worn over the head and it is wrapped around several times. And it's usually very long. So you're talking about a long piece of cloth that is worn over the head and it's wrapped around several times. That is imama. Now wiping over the turban, that is permissible as we see in this hadith. The Prophet ﷺ did that. And when a person wipes over the turban, it will be on all of it or at least the majority of it. Okay, Not that a person just touches over their imama barely, no. Wiping over either all of it or at least the majority of it. And it is mustahab, it is better that if the sides of the head and the back of the head or the front of the head are exposed, then a person also wipes over them along with the ears. But it's not a must. It's not a must. Okay, it's mustahab, it's better, but it's not a requirement. Now, this leads to the question of wiping over a hat. Or, you know, a cap or a skull cap, you know, that men typically wear when they're praying salah. Can you wipe over that? No. Why? Because it's not like an imama at all. You don't have to wrap it. You don't have to tie it up. It's not difficult to put on. Right? In fact, it's difficult to keep it on. Okay? That is a challenge. But what about a winter hat that is wrapped around the head? I'm not talking about your modern hats, you know, that you can easily put on and there's a Velcro and that's it. No, in many places people wear like a a, a thick scarf, they will wrap it around their head over and over again. So that falls in the same category as well as the turban. Because it's difficult to take it off and difficult to put it on. Especially when you are making wudu in cold, then it's more difficult. So this is the reason why that it falls in the same category. Now what about the hijab? Huh? What about the hijab? It is said that some scholars of the Hanbali school of thought, they have allowed wiping over the headscarf, but they have said that it is better not to do that. It is better not to do that. Because when you're wearing a hijab, 
putting on the hijab, taking off the hijab is not as difficult as wearing a turban. Isn't it so? It's not as difficult. And if it is that difficult for you to put on your hijab, then there is a problem with how you're putting it on. Because you're spending way too much time on wearing the hijab. Okay, and your time should go in other things. Now the question is that if you take off your hijab, then your hair will be exposed. But the thing is that when you're doing wudu, you also have to wash your arms, and your arms are also awrah. So you should not be making wudu in a public place. Because your arms are awrah, your feet, according to many scholars, are also awrah. And when you are you know, doing wudu, you also have to wipe your ears. So this is the reason why many scholars who have permitted wiping over the headscarf, they have said that it's better not to do that. But those who do allow it, what's the evidence of that? The evidence is that some women from the companions, right, they used to wipe over their headscarf. It is said that Um Salama anha used to do that. And if it is difficult for a woman to take off her hijab and put it back on because of the cold or because of some other genuine reason, then okay, she may wipe over it. Like for example, a woman has a young child. She has to quickly do her wudu. Okay, she's out. She's already wearing her hijab. And if she takes it off, where is she going to put the pin? And you know, there's no place to put the hijab. The counters are all wet. There's no place to hang the hijab. If she puts it around her neck or ties it around her, around her waist, then, you know, it might fall. It might get dirty. So if it's really a difficult situation, she's not able to take it off. Then in that case, she may wipe over. And if she wipes over, the headscarf, then she does not need to wipe her ears, nor does she need to put her hand inside and wipe over the hair. No, wiping over the scarf is sufficient. But remember, it is only in in extreme difficult situations. Okay, not that you go to the washroom and you're like, no, it's going to be too difficult to you know take off my hijab accessories. Unfortunately, hijab that is supposed to cover the zina has become a means of zina. So we should be careful when it comes to this. The kind of mashaqqa that the people experienced at the time of the Prophet ﷺ is very different from the kind of mashaqqa that we experience. I mean, our mashaqqa is nothing compared to their mashaqqa. I mean, if they did wipe over their heads, it could be, for example, if they were somewhere outside, and let's say you face a tree and you're, you know, kind of covered from the front and people are at your back and you manage to wipe, you know, to wash your arms by covering from your side, so if you take your hijab off, it will be difficult to do mas'h. So in that situation, okay, you're wiping over, but it's in a difficult situation. These days, alhamdulillah, wherever you go, there are women-only washrooms. Right? So you have that freedom to do wudu in privacy. Bab, إِذَا أَدْخَلَ رِجْلَيْهِ وَهُمَا طَاهِرَتَانِ إِذَا أَدْخَلَ رِجْلَيْهِ When a person entered his feet into what? Into the leather slippers, into the socks, meaning when he wore socks, وَهُمَا طَاهِرَتَانِ While they were both clean. Meaning the condition, the condition of doing mas'h over socks is that the socks must have been worn at a time when the feet were clean. What does it mean by the feet being clean? That a person was in a state of wudu. So that is a condition. حدثنا أبو نعيم قال حدثنا زكريا عن عامر عن عروة بن المغيرة عن أبيه قال he said كنت مع النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم في سفر I was with the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم in a journey فأهويت 
so then I li anzira khufayhi so I bent down in order to remove his socks why so that he could wash his feet faqala so the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said da'huma leave them on leave them fa inni adkhaltuhuma tahiratain because I put them both on when they were both clean so famasaha alayhima so he wiped over both of them so we see the condition of wiping over socks is that they should have been worn when a person had wudu now there are many hadith in which we learn that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam sometimes he washed his feet and other times he wiped over the socks so this shows that what is ittiba'u sunnah then only washing the feet all the time no ittiba'u sunnah is that sometimes you're washing your feet and other times you're wiping over your socks that is ittiba'u sunnah now this leads us to the question that is it better to wash the feet or is it better to wipe over the socks what is better or are they both equal it depends on the situation of a person some scholars argue that it is better to wash the feet that even if you're wearing socks you remove your socks and you wash the feet it's better why because the principle is that you wash the feet and wiping over the socks is an allowance so the principle is better than the concession but others argue that no wiping the socks is not any less because the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam did that and if he did that then it's it's an action that will bring a person reward he's following the command of allah and his messenger so that is also great and other scholars argue that wiping over the socks is better than washing the feet but if you look at it what makes most sense is that it depends on the circumstances the situation of the individual and this seems to be the most correct opinion that if a person is not wearing socks then what's best for him that he should wash the feet but sometimes we put the socks on with the intention that we don't have to wash our feet okay that intention is not i mean it's not that nice that when you can wash your feet you deliberately put your socks on even in the summer and you leave them on in the night so that you don't have to wash your feet in the morning i mean how difficult is it you're washing your face and arms anyway and you should shower every day anyway so what's the difficulty in washing two feet really what's the difficulty right it's allowed but you should not have that intention of getting away you know of trying to get away from washing the feet and when you're washing your feet then remember that it is aksar amal it is more action right you're washing and with the water dripping down inshallah the sins are also falling off any place that we walk to to yell at someone to fight with someone to do something wrong inshallah those sins are being washed off and if a person is wearing his socks then what's better for him that he should just wipe over the socks he should not take his socks off in order to wash them he should not impose difficulty upon himself when allah has given him a concession if the socks are below the ankles then you have to take them off because they're they don't meet the condition laha ma kasabat wa alayha ma ktasabat wa alaysa lil insani illa ma sa'a right a person will get what he strove for so for you on your part it's not much effort then what should you do that it's not much effort on your part to either remove the socks or wipe over them if you're wearing your socks already it's better that you wipe over them because this is what we see in the sunnah of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he could have taken his socks off somebody was going to help him right somebody got down so that they could remove his socks for him but what did he say leave them on leave them on i wore my socks my feet were clean so he just wiped over them 
So when you don't have your socks on, then you wash. And when you have your socks on, then what's the best thing to do? Wipe over them. Sometimes there are so many people who have to do wudu and the salah has already started or it's about to start, then be quick. Be quick. And if you had your wudu and you put your socks on, then wipe over them. And when you're wiping over it, then remember, this is the sunnah. So you'll get reward for following the sunnah of the Prophet And that is true ittibar sunnah. Because that's what we learned earlier when it comes to wudu also. We see that washing once, permissible. Washing two, permissible. Washing three times, that is also good. It's permissible, it's better. But what's best, that a person washes three times always? No, that sometimes once, sometimes twice, sometimes three times. Because you want to follow the Prophet in the best way, in every way. In this hadith, we see that for wiping over the socks, there is a condition. And there are four conditions. Four conditions for wiping over the socks. The first condition is that the socks should have been put on when a person was in the state of tahara, meaning when he had wudu, which was discussed over here. The second condition is that the socks, okay, whether they are made of cotton or leather, whatever, they should be tahir, meaning the socks themselves should be clean. So if, you know, some najasa ended up on the socks, then you cannot wipe over them anymore. You have to wash them off. You have to, and in order to wash them off properly, thoroughly, especially if it's cotton, then you have to take them off. And also they should be made of tahir material. Okay, They should be made of clean material. And which material is clean? Rather, which one is unclean? Okay, So for example, leather that is from animals which are haram for consumption. Okay, So for example, big skin, so on and so forth. It should not be made of that leather. Thirdly, that the socks may be wiped over when a person is performing wudu after hadath asr, meaning after minor impurity, not after major impurity when ghusl is required. Hadath akbar is when a person needs to do ghusl in order to become clean. So for example, if a woman was menstruating or a person is in the state of janaba, then they have to do ghusl. So they can't wipe over their feet you have to take your socks off and you have to wash your feet. But when it comes to hadas, asghar, minor impurity, a person just used the toilet, a person passed wind, then they can wipe over their socks. The fourth condition is that the wiping may only be done within the time that has been specified by the sharia, meaning there is a time limit. And what is a time limit? For a resident, meaning the person who is at home, one day and one night. And for the person who's traveling, how much? Three days and three nights. Why is there a difference between the resident and the traveler? Because the traveler is in more need okay, of wiping over his socks. Because at home, for example, what do you do? You shower daily, but sometimes when you're traveling, you don't have that chance. You don't get that opportunity. Likewise, when you're at home, you can wear fresh socks every day. But when you're traveling, sometimes you have your shoes on for 14 hours, 16 hours, 18 hours, sometimes over 24 hours if the flight is very long. So for that reason, it's up to three days, three nights. Now, this does not mean that for the resident, he can pray only five prayers. It's not five prayers. How much is it? 24 hours. Okay? Likewise, for the traveler, it's not 15 prayers. 
How much is it? Three days and three nights. And this is 24 hours beginning from when? From the time when you put your socks on or from the time when you first did mas'h over the socks? The second, the first time that you did mas'h over your socks. That is when the 24 hour period begins. So for example, a person woke up in the morning, showered, did wudu, and they put their socks on for fajr. Now, they did their salah, came time for zuhud, they still have their wudu from fajr, they pray their salah. These days it's, you know, asr comes in so quickly, so the person managed to pray asr as well with that same wudu. Okay? And then for maghrib, they had to do fresh wudu. Now for maghrib, they do fresh wudu, and then they wipe over their socks for the first time. Now the 24-hour period will begin. So now they can continue doing mas'h until when? The next Maghrib prayer. Okay? Now the next day, they have their socks on. They slept with them. Now the next day, at Maghrib, within that 24-hour period, they manage to do mas'h over their socks. And with that wudu, they prayed Maghrib. Can they pray Isha as well? Why not? Their wudu is still valid. They can pray Isha. Let's say they didn't go to sleep. They want to pray some Qiyamul Layl. Can they do that? Let's say they didn't sleep at night, during the night at all. They didn't break their wudu. Can they pray Fajr? Yes. Because it's not about being in the state of wudu, but rather the action of wiping. The action of wiping has to be done within those 24 hours. So you can pray up to 5 to 15 prayers almost, more or less, even as a resident. Same thing as a traveler. Your period of three days, three nights begins from the first time you do mas'h. Not the time when you did wudu, but the first time you have to do mas'h in order to do wudu. And your wudu will last, even though the time has expired, but your wudu will last until there is some reason because of which the wudu will be nullified. Hadas asghar or akbar or whatever. So remember, it's not five prayers, but rather it is 24 hours. Now, some scholars, they have said, that there is no limit of 24 hours or 3 days. There is no limit. Some scholars have said that. And they say that a person will do mas'h as long as he has to, as long as there is a darura. Because the reason behind this allowance is what? Darura, necessity. So as long as that darura will remain, a person can continue to do mas'h over. So for example, some Muslims, they decide to go to the North Pole. They decide to go to see the penguins in the winter. They want to go. Come on, Muslims should, right? So let's say you want to go. But it's minus 40 degrees, minus 80 degrees Celsius, not Fahrenheit. Okay, It's extremely cold there. You think it's practical for them to shower after three days or to wash their feet after three days? Is it possible for them to wash their feet after three days? No. So they are in that state of darura to wipe their feet. So for as many days as they are there, okay, they can wipe their feet unless they have to do tayammum. That's a different case. If they have to do tayammum, that's different. But if they can manage to wash their face and their arms and rinse their mouth and clean their nose and, and all of that, then they can continue to wipe over their socks as long as the darura remains. Likewise, a person is traveling. And they get stuck on one of the airports. Something happens with the flight. There are no showers there. 
and um, they feel that if they take their socks off, then it will be very difficult for them. They are in, in a difficult situation. It has been three days, three nights already. They are not able to take their socks off. There is a genuine reason behind that. So can they keep their socks on and do muster over them? Yes, they can. And this is the opinion of Shaykh Islam ibn Taymiyyah and many other scholars that they said that the limit is not set, but rather the limit is the darura. As long as the darura is there, you will continue to wipe. Once the darura is over, then you won't wipe. Rather, you will take off your socks and you will wash. Now, some have given more conditions. Some scholars have said, more conditions, such as what should be the thickness of the socks and the size of the holes, the type of sock. Okay, But these conditions we see, they are not proven in the Qur'an or the Sunnah. And we are not allowed to make this hukum more difficult for the people. This is an allowance, a concession, and that should not be made difficult for the people. It has been said that when the Prophet ﷺ allowed people to wipe over their socks, then he knew what kind of socks people wore at that time. Typically, people wear socks that are thick, sometimes thin, sometimes they are worn out from certain areas. Sometimes there's a hole, sometimes there are two holes, sometimes there's a small hole, other times there's a big hole. But a sock is called a sock even if it has holes, even if it's thin, even if it's made from cotton or some other material. It is called sock. So this is why some scholars have said that even if the sock has holes in it, still you can wipe over those socks. Okay? You can still wipe over them. And you can only imagine that at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, especially after the hijrah, one battle after the other, what struggle the believers were going through. They were suffering from so much poverty that they did not have enough oil to light candles. And if they had enough, they would have eaten that oil first. And remember that expedition in which when the Sahaba went, their socks, their leather socks got torn so much that the battle was called by that name. I don't remember the exact Arabic term, but it was identified by the fact that their socks got torn and they were worn out. Okay, so a sock, you can continue to do must over it as long as you will call it a sock. And as long as you will feel comfortable wearing it. So there is no harm if there is a hole in the socks. You can still do masr over them. Some scholars have also said that the material does not matter. Meaning even if a person is wearing socks made of glass or wood or plastic, even that is permissible. But others have said that no, it should be such material that is breathable. Okay, like leather or... Leather to some extent is leather socks or cotton or something like that. But if it's completely plastic or glass or wood, then no. Not that we have wooden socks or socks made of glass. Skin socks, you mean the really fine stockings? They're socks. You call them socks. Even if they are very fine, it's okay because they are considered socks. But the thing is that why is a person wearing them? Is it darura or something else? If it's darura, then okay. But if it's not darura, then I mean, you are your best judge. You know your situation better. Now, one more question is that when you remove your socks, does your wudu break? Let's say you did wudu. You put your socks on. Your wudu broke. Next time you did wudu, you did mash over the socks. You wiped over the socks. Now you remove those socks. Is your wudu valid or not? 
Some scholars have said that your wudu still remains. Why? Because what nullifies the wudu is not the cutting of the hair, the trimming of the nails, the removal of socks, but what nullifies wudu is other factors, other things. So this is just like if a person has long nails, they did wudu and they cut their nails. Now fresh part is being exposed. You don't have to wash that. Your wudu is not nullified. Likewise, I said that if a person is wearing socks, they did must over it, they removed their socks. I mean, they don't have to wash their feet because when they did wudu, their wudu was complete. But other scholars said that no, it does invalidate the wudu. Why? Because wiping takes the place of washing. And if the socks are removed, then the purity of the feet is no longer valid. The purity of the feet was based on what? Wiping off the socks. But once you remove the socks and the feet are no longer pure. And if the feet are no longer pure, that means your wudu is not valid anymore. And this was the opinion of Sheikh Ibn Baz. Any other question? Any concern? That when you're wiping your feet, then you have to take fresh water, meaning you have to wet your hands again. Just as for wiping the head, you have to wet your hands separately and then wipe your head. Then again, you have to wet your hands and wipe over your feet or your socks. When it comes to wiping the feet, it will only be on the top. Not all around, not at the bottom, but only on the top. And remember that famous statement of Ali anhu that if the deen was based on logic, then you would have to wipe under the socks, under the feet. Okay, But the fact is that you have to wipe on top and not under. And it's best that you wipe only on the top and not under. Because you have to follow the sunnah. And how will you wipe? Starting from the toes. I mean, make sure that you wipe the front, you wipe all of the top part of the foot, basically. The ankle socks, no, because they don't cover the ankles. The condition is that the socks must cover the ankles. Okay? Because washing the ankles is a condition. They're part of, you know, the part that has to be purified. Likewise, when you're wearing socks, then the ankles also have to be covered. I can't say which one is better, but what makes more sense to me is the opinion of Sheikh Ibn Baz, that the wiping, it replaced washing. So when wiping was removed, that means washing is not there. So that means the foot is not clean. It's not tahir anymore. So we've learned about wiping over socks, wiping over the imama or the headscarf, and now wiping over a bandage. What is the ruling concerning that? We discussed this earlier as well. And it was mentioned that wiping cannot take the place of washing. Likewise, washing cannot take the place of wiping unless there is some evidence to prove that. So when it comes to wiping the head, wiping the feet over the socks, there are evidences to prove that. What about wiping over a bandage? So for example, if you have a bandage on your arm or on your face or on your foot and you want to wash your foot, then what should you do in that situation? Remember that a bandage will be worn, will be put on the body when there is a need And a need does not just mean there's a cut. A need could mean, you know, like a particular, a fracture even, a broken bone, a sprained bone. Likewise, some heat pads are also put onto the body, right? There are different kinds for healing purposes, basically. So that is also included in this. A cast also would count. When it comes to a bandage, regardless of why it is worn, all these reasons that we discussed right now, some bandages are such that you have to put it on. Okay? In the sense that if you remove it and you wash that wound, that wound will get infected, then what's best? That you have to keep it on. 
So some scholars have said that in the case where the wound is such that you cannot remove the bandage, then you will keep the bandage on and what will you do? You will wipe over. But other scholars have said that no, you will do either tayammum or you will wipe over. But when you look at all the evidences, although the evidences are weak, but there's so many that the scholars have suggested that it is permissible that you wipe over the bandage. As long as the bandage is necessary, in the sense that you need to put it on, then it does not matter how big it is, it does not matter how thick it is, that does not matter. So even if it's a whole cast over a fracture that a person is wearing, then he can wipe over that entire arm. Okay? He can wipe over it. This is what the scholars have said. And if it is a small cut and you can remove the bandage, then what are you supposed to do? Wash. Okay? Then you are supposed to wash. Henna. Can you wipe over that? No. The fresh henna, not the henna design that remains on your skin after washing off the henna. No. The henna that you have to remove because it's a barrier. Even if you're the bride. Even if it's Eid the next day. It's not a darura, right? It's not a necessity, a dire need. Okay? So it's the same thing. That it's such that the skin has to be covered. It cannot be made wet. Right? Otherwise the wound will get infected. Otherwise the infection or the skin disease, it will spread. So in that case, whatever part you can wash, you have to wash. And the rest of it, either you can wipe with your wet hand over, or if there is a bandage, then you can wipe over it. Oh, you can keep a nice clean plant in your house. Okay, You can even do it from dusty rocks. Okay, You can even do it from dust that has collected over your windowsill. You might not want to, that's a different case, but you can even get sand. Okay, just go to Canadian Tire or something, get some sand, keep it in a, in a packet. I've seen what some people have done is that they've made a, like a small pillow. Okay, and with sand in it, and as you, um, you know, as you move it around in your hand, some sand will definitely come onto your hand, so you can just use that. We studied about that earlier, when it comes to nail polish on the nails, then because it is a lot of area, that will be left unwashed, then you cannot wipe over it. And it's not a darura. It's not like a band-aid or something. So in that case, she has to remove the nail polish and she has to wash. And can run up to a grocery store or send somebody, chip it off. That will be difficult. What will be easier is that a friend or a relative can be asked to quickly go to a pharmacy. And alhamdulillah, these days, everywhere. Even the dollar store, you can find a nail polish remover, right? So just remove it quickly, do wudu, and put it back on for the rest of the day. No, it's not like socks. Like I said, for the socks and for the turban, the evidence are there. For the wounds or when there's a necessity to wear a band-aid or a cast or whatever, again, the evidences are there. Even though they are weak, but there are so many that because of that, scholars have allowed wiping over the band-aid. Okay, but not nail polish. Yeah, because the evidences of that are weak, of saying that you can wipe over the bandaid. The evidences are many, but they're weak. But because there's so many, this is why the scholars have said that it's okay to wipe over a bandaid. Or to wipe over the infected skin or the wounded skin. Okay, is it clear now? Okay. Jalla will conclude here. سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك نشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت نستغفرك ونتوب إليك السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته